What's up, Low Voltage Nation? This is episode three of the Low Voltage Nation podcast with myself, Blake Hermes, and Mason Bortz of BIT Inc. Today, we're going to talk about ISC West, project management software, and wait for it, cable train. We're back for another podcast. Good evening, well, Mason. Good evening, Blake. How's the last two weeks been for you, sir? Oh, it's been lovely. Living the dream. Yeah. Stressed. Overworked. Stressed. Oh, yeah. man. Don't get stressed. But that's like entrepreneur life. That's just That comes with the territory. Pretty much. Pretty much. Cool, man. So we got a really jam-packed episode. Uh, I was at ISC West in Las Vegas. Yeah, I saw so, that. Yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about that, but I want to give a quick little update on LVN per your request. So there's, well, I want to talk about the two main things we're doing right now, and that's the, uh, the fiber scholarship. So that's where we're doing training and mentorship as well as CFOT, which is the FOA fiber scholarship, uh, fiber, uh, certification. So we're going to be giving that away to six aspiring technicians and, um, yeah, it's good. It's exciting. We've got nine applicants so far. We want to get some more, probably get about, get about 20 and then they have to complete fiber U training in order to be uh, eligible. So that's that's coming down the pipeline. Are you excited for that, Mason? I am pumped. Cool. The next thing we have is the cha- the charity project. So we're going to Warminster, Pennsylvania and Ooh-hoo. yeah, uh, so we actually have about it's going to be upwards of 30 to 50 people perhaps. Wow. Yeah, I just talked to Ray Klein of Libertas Consulting and he said Ray who? Ray Klein. Klein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray, yeah, Ray Klein. And uh, there might be a lot of people there. We're actually turning it into a meetup. So if you want to come, um, we're just going to have a ton of people there. That's awesome. Are yeah, we so still we're, doing the, the Atlanta meetup? It, well, so the, the Atlanta meetup was going to be at September 2, but we didn't want to do two in September. Hmm. So we just uh, were postponing the Atlanta meetup. Probably until it's a little bit cooler in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That so, makes yeah. Sense. Yeah, I get Yeah, it makes sense. Because we're asking for sponsorship money. We don't want to, like, ask for two sponsorship, you know, rounds yeah. in the month of September. Yeah. That might that seems a little kind of asking mm-hmm. for too much. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's a, so we're doing the Ben Wilson Senior Center. You know, a bunch of people are coming. We're going to install some access control stuff, surveillance, structure cabling. We're going to do some, like, some donations of like PCs, monitors, and printers, all sorts of stuff. Wow. So, yeah. Those are the two main things that are happening um, at LVN for the next couple months. Nice. That's yeah, super so, exciting. Yeah. So, I was at ISC West. And if, you, if you're watching the uh, the video, I have a BIT Inc. shirt on that I, I've been wearing all week. <laughs> and uh, I wore it at ISC West. And, like, you've got some fans, like, around the around the country, especially at Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, Brian. Yeah, Brian's a cool guy. Did he send you a text message? Because he was yes. like, "Hey, man," he's like, "Hey, man, can I take a picture of you wearing that shirt?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uh, he sent me a text message. When I saw that, I saw you post on Instagram about uh, ISC West, and I saw you were wearing the shirt. Yeah. And then I was instinctively like, "Okay, I hope Brian sees him. Like, I hope that connection happens." And then when I found out, I was like, I was laughing pretty hard about it. So you so. had nothing to do with like sending Brian my way. No, he, no, zero. Because it was when the sh- when the show ended on Tuesday, and like everybody's flooding out into the casino, 
and he just happened to see me. He's like, hey, man. I was like, why the hell are you wearing a BIT shirt? I'm like, who are you? <laughs> I was like, I'm, uh, I'm Blake with Low Voltage Nation. He's like, oh, you're from the podcast. That's you. I'm like, yeah, it's me. What's up? <laughs> but yeah, so he was like, you want to take a picture? I took a selfie, posted on Instagram, and then I posted on LinkedIn. And yeah, it was, it was a hit. Yeah, he's a man. They just he's a good guy. I um I like working with those guys over there. So, but yeah. it was interesting. He he shared that podcast. I know to a lot of people <laughs> that we did uh, the last time with Access Control. So is that why we had so many listeners? Because I barely probably. promoted it. I forgot to probably. put it on LinkedIn. So maybe I should do that. Yeah, you should probably put it on LinkedIn. That was definitely a LinkedIn heavy podcast for sure yeah so brian yeah, talk- did that's probably why we got views so thank yeah, you yeah ex- exactly yeah uh so yeah just for the for the people that don't know about phoenix uh, briefly explain like what your relationship is and what they do so phoenix is if you if you know brevo uh so brevo is like an access control cloud platform phoenix is like the better version of that so oh. They are uh, they're Mercury OEM. So you buy Mercury panels from them, and then they have a cloud-based access control platform that is just bonkers good. They have some things that uh, <laughs> you know that will need some improvement on the UI, but the back end of it is great. If you um, if you hate Linnell, you'll love Phoenix. I'll put it that way. Even if okay. you love Linnell, you'll love Phoenix. So Does, is Linnell Mercury? Do you know? Yeah, Linnell's Mercury. Linnell's kind of like the they, in many ways, are the Pelco of the industry. Where, okay. if you know anything about Pelco, Pelco was the big HD coax camera company, and then they faded into existence. The year, however you would pronounce that, because they uh, they didn't stay up with the times. Because are mm. we installing a ton of coax cameras anymore, Blake? The answer the, is no. No, we install Balins on coax for cameras yep. that's about all i know mm-hmm. maybe comcast installs coax i'm sure they do a lot on the yeah, they do side. dish does that as well very used to familiar. Work, used to work for dish didn't you yes sir yeah man okay, okay. Now, yeah yeah so phoenix great company great great people are there they had had a presence at isc west another company that um we've been keeping an eye on you've been doing a lot of um work with i don't know if you've installed any ava security stuff yet have you installed it yet or what? we haven't we're we're rolling it out at our one of our first installs and we're installing going to be installing more and more of it it's uh it's a good system they they did admit that they didn't have the best booth there which was it, comical with how it much was, they have backing them it was funny because i kind of saw them out of the corner of my eye when i like walked walked the land initially just to kind of get a feel for it and i was like yeah. oh that's, there's ava i know ava kind of mm-hmm. and then i was like okay i'm gonna find ava after i did like my whole scan of the territory yeah. and uh, i couldn't fucking find him i was like where's this booth it's like in the back corner it's like a little like fold out desk and like a laptop <laughs> well they uh no one apparently wanted to really go to it because i was talking to one of my sales reps and he's like dude no one's gonna show up to that like we're not gonna put money into that and that's so, what he was telling me yeah so they what i was told is next year they're gonna go all out with it so yeah i think it was a good move on on ava's part because it was like somebody said 60 percent, roughly 60 percent uh on the vendor side yeah uh that that showed up so i don't know it was interesting i don't have a baseline to really go off of because i've never been to isc west um but it seemed like it was it was fun it was a good it was good experience i knew a ton of people there and that was just kind of weird because really slow from the videos to be honest with you 
which video feeds did you look at? There were a, there were a handful. Like PDK had like a whole thing, and then there was. Page. I just saw some on LinkedIn, and usually, like, it's hard to walk. Like, it's difficult usually to walk in there. Oh, like you can't like to get from booth to booth. It like you kind of get in line and just kind of slowly mosey from one to the next because it's just so tightly packed in there. Yeah, and that clearly didn't look like that was the case. Yeah, yeah. What I usually do is I make things look like really happening. You know, I go yeah. like close up on stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah. then I'll find like a gaggle of like attractive females and like do like, you know, <laughs> zoom in on them, you know, make it look fun. Um, that's a whole nother story on my other um, company. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was interesting uh, seeing some of the reports, especially from like IPBM. <laughs> I don't know if you saw like what they're kind of getting getting to with the um the wristbands that were like from like alibaba they were like they're endangering yeah. all the attendees by having this cheap chineseium junk you know <laughs> i saw that it's just like man they just they'll take they'll do anything to get a get a clickbait headline it's funny i, I like ipvm but i sometimes i feel that they go like a little too hard but then they go soft on other things and it just you know like software as a service for example in every business you need some type of recurring revenue stream it, it, it not in every business but in the business that we're in recurring revenue is so important to the livelihood of, of keeping support staff there and it right it feels like they're just always taking a dump on that <laughs> like software as a service is such a bad thing but yet they have a subscription model for their website that's that's their model they that's have their worth- entire model 15,000 active members are paying members and like that's how they make money. Yeah. And they're, and then they kind of poop on everyone else. And I get, they're like, well, your data is locked up with them. I'm like, yeah, but like if you have a server that's on prem and it fails, your data is gone. So <laughs> right. if you have it off prem and it's duplicated and it's in different States or different countries, like, isn't that better? I don't, I don't know. That's a huge argument, on-prem versus cloud versus hybrid. Yeah. We don't need to get into that one. That's a big mm. topic. That's next week. That's next week. We need to bring on some guests. So I'm going to throw that out there. Uh, yeah. If anybody wants to get on the podcast, um, maybe we'll do it like Brian. two from two from now. Get, let's get Brian on. Yeah, Brian from Phoenix on. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be. <laughs> You'd uh, have to get a better microphone, though. He, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, whatever. Fair I think people pumps. are used to this shitty audio at this point. No, that, we we are different, Blake. We are. That different. is a good. Thank you for correcting me, Mason. Yep. you're one hundred percent correct. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. So yep. ISC West. There was a ton of people. A uh, ton of people that I knew there. Uh, one in particular, or two in particular, are the access control kind of like um, the king of access control is what some people yeah. call him, John Laurie. He was the there. Godfather. The Godfather of access. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we were hanging out in the inside lounge with Leo Des. <laughs> it was it was so so cool because he uh, had a whole meeting room and it was like he had cupcakes and the cookies and the coffee and espresso. Yeah. And so I'm just chilling there with John Lor. He's like in his shorts because he had to catch a flight and he was just like, <laughs> and I was like it was awesome and it's just like having to be around those people because they're such like icons in the industry. I mean yeah. it's not a big industry, but. Yeah. Uh, Very you small. Know, the, I mean, John Laurie, he, he ran firmware for Mercury for like 10 years. The founder of ProWatch sold it to Honeywell. Like he's a he's a big deal. And then Leo Dest knows everybody yeah. in access control. 
so connecting with them in person was really cool. Um, I felt honored. Uh, another another cool company, Page Datacom. Uh, they were there. They had like a, they had video uh, stream. They had like a photo booth where you can get like professional headshots. Mm-hmm. They kind of went all out with it. So that was pretty cool seeing them. Uh, Winnie City Wire. Talked to Control Four. I never really done anything with Control Four, but I know that you use a lot of Control Four. Not so. not a lot in terms of other people, but a lot for us. So. A lot for yeah, more yeah. than me is because <laughs> you and you and Josh Levitin is like I, that's my kind of I've seen it once in the wild, and then I hear you guys talk about it a lot. Yeah, it's it's really it's really cool. It's it's neat when you see the cool thing is control for it just or home automation if done properly makes life easier for the end user, and that yeah. so. The, the interesting thing about all this, I'll go on a, a slight tangent. Go for it. Is people, it, it's, it has such a bad name because integrators do such a piss poor job and sometimes of integrating it. So you see all these people, they're like, well, I had control for, or I don't want home automation because it's too complicated or there's too many problems with it. And it, and it just comes back to everything in this industry a handful of people or a majority of people do it incorrectly or half-assed and it makes it so difficult to sell for the rest of us because when the system does work well it's it should be basically magical like you walk into your house and stuff just happens and you can press one button and just everything clicks on and off and then the cool thing is when you set delays between things so it looks like it's like a little teeny tiny process happening throughout the house yeah it's just it's cool i love it so but it's that that drive that drive to do more and better and make little complex programs to make other people's lives easier you just see all the time where someone goes oh we're gonna sell you a twenty thousand dollar smart lighting package and the smart lighting package is the fact that they could turn it on from their phone what why what like okay we're gonna sell you a smart lighting package we're gonna make a couple of lighting scenes so that you could turn all the lights on and all the lights off Wow, amazing, mind blown. Not twenty grand worth. Sorry, no. <laughs> I can no. turn it on from my phone. Not not worth twenty grand. I can buy a two pack of bulbs at Walmart for like thirty bucks. Yeah, and accomplish the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but we're getting more and more in depth with it, and uh, getting better at it. It's been the interesting thing about the industry in particular is they don't they give you kind of a starting point and then they say okay go from here but the issue is is it there doesn't seem to be a lot of good like um i don't know do this and do this and like here's here's a lot of cool ideas that that you could come up with it seems more along the lines of here's some basics and we hope you take this and really run with it and try to make some complex things and i think that that is what has made the industry a little challenging to to a degree because people are a lot of integrators are doing the simplistic things because the owner may go okay i'm going to focus on the financials of the company or the project management of the company and then who's ever in charge of programming goes well i don't want this to break so i'm just going to keep it super simple so that nothing breaks on me and i'm going to walk away and i'm only going to install things that are supported first party 
and which is which i agree with because that's kind of what we do but yeah as far as the more advanced programming like that stuff takes time and you have to talk to the homeowner get to feel them and understand them and know what they're going to want to do i feel them whatever yeah yeah i kind of took pause on i know sorry you got to you got to understand what the homeowner wants to accomplish and so what we're working on right now is creating uh, a whole brochure of different ways that we can integrate it within your life and different basically macros of like Mm. here's some examples of how we could automate the system so you're you're getting a good understanding of what the customer is visualizing in their head because they have no idea what it can do you know they have they have no idea that you can have the colors change in the house when you turn a light switch on based on time of day and and the different ramp rates of the lights like when you walk in your bathroom at night maybe let's take the lights up to 20 percent in over over 10 seconds so that way it doesn't hurt your eyes or do some led underglow lighting by the kick plate in the cabinets you know it's it's details like that where we, we don't see anyone else doing it so we think we have a good good spot to really hit it and do hit it out of the park so wow so you're putting together like a nice package that shows all those little things that you can that's really cool man yeah i love it details matter good job Mm -hmm. cool yeah just to wrap things up on isc west uh i had a great time uh i was in and out too quickly uh i'm excited for next year though uh, I want to be a little more intentional on some on some goals, set some objectives, like you know, interview people. Uh, hopefully, you'll be there to like yeah. <laughs> we can walk we can walk around, you know, and like mm-hmm. jam out together and like look at stuff and play with all the shiny new toys that work and don't work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to like go to like every single booth because it's exhausting, like talking to people and pretending like you're interested. You know, it's yeah. There's just so much. I wanted to hit the people that I, not hit the people, but I wanted to speak with the people that I already knew and just kind of say hello. The, the thing that is very, I don't know, almost frustrating about out there is you get inundated with so much information. And right. then the, the issue becomes is because every sales rep of every company is just basically has a sales pitch in their head. No matter who you are, they won't ask anything about your business. They honestly don't care about your business. They're just like, oh, do you want to, are you protecting the Pentagon? Because that's what we do. So it's so nice to meet you. These are these are fiber armor things that you could bury in the ground that will keep explosions from damaging them when tanks drive over them. And you're like, yeah, this isn't really my, my business vertical. Right. Let me scan your badge real quick. Like, no, yeah, don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, I'm good, man. Oh, I hate when they, like, you would do, like, the little, like, uh, you know, like, karate hand movements. Like, can I scan? Nope. Oh, oh, I'm going to get my badge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you get inundated with, like, the next month of just shitty emails. You're like, all right, spam. Unsubscribe. Spam, unsubscribe. Spam. Yeah. Cool. ISC West, baby. Good Whoop. times. All right, let's um let's kick it over to you, Mason. You had yeah. a couple of things you wanted to talk about on the project management side. Yeah. So uh what do you what software are you working with? What do you got going on? So I reached out to uh to a fairly large integrator out in Vegas a couple weeks ago. I might have talked about it on the last podcast. Um but wanted to kind of get an idea of a company that's fifteen times the size of mine, what they do. And I uh, learned a lot. So you know, we started looking at, um, he recommended to get more organized on documentation and whatnot, which we're working towards right now. Mm-hmm. But the main thing was to 
get better at project management um, from the accounting slash inventory side, which I've been wanting to do, but I really had no idea where to look. So he, he sent me over to iPoint, which iPoint is a, is an interesting software. So if you're in the AV industry or the integrated industry, you're you're probably one of the reasons why you're listening to, to this podcast is because you're within this industry. The, we deal with something that is very different from the rest of the trades, in my opinion. Uh, we're, we're integrating with so many different things and we're not an electrician where all we're doing is electrical. Like we may be integrating with some plumbing stuff and AV and right. furnaces, HVAC. And so proposals can get very complicated. Uh, we're not just doing basic invoices or basic quotes. We're doing these very complex uh, invoices and, and I mean, not invoices, but proposals. And so mm-hmm. <clears throat> their eye point is supposedly the software that can t- do A to Z. So they can do your, your CRM, your bringing, uh, syncing with QuickBooks fairly well, your inventory, your proposal, project management, uh, email reminders. I mean, it, it can do everything. And their, their pricing for, for us to get started for a company of my size was roughly like five grand, I think. And five so, grand up front? Yep. And then there's like a monthly of like four or 500 a month. And so... For how many how many seats, how many users for uh, that month? Five, I believe. Okay. roughly five. I got you. Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> so we were looking at it and we, you know, on the surface you go, okay, this is a pretty good software. The downside was it seemed a little outdated on the user interface side, but mm. you kind of have to step back and go, this is a very niche software. So right. they don't have a ton of development on it. The The issue that I started running into is it's a, it's a little complex, which is fine. And I get that I need to learn these things. I mean, that's my job is taking complex items and simplifying them for end users. But the, the thing was, is it, it was built on what's called FileMaker. And if you're familiar with FileMaker, FileMaker is, is, has some old roots. And it's not very snappy. It's like it's kind of like an old database program software. Right. And so, you know, they had mentioned to me, hey, this is something you have to host on your own equipment, which I was a little taken back by. It's like, all right. <clears throat> that's I guess okay we'll, we'll see how it goes so I was like is there any way we could set up a remote instance so I can just kind of get a feel for the system before I like spent five thousand dollars and then money on a server and so they set that up and I got into it and remote is awful I mean it was taking 15 seconds to add one line item to a proposal okay they said <clears throat> hey this is going to be resolved once you get it on site don't worry about it we have companies with literally hundreds of employees that use this and you know i believe them because i talked to the guy out of vegas and this is what his company uses and it works for them but what i kind of started realizing is okay this whole software is built upon a foundation that is probably not the right foundation to build upon so i 
and I'm a little concerned with having something on-prem and all the security flaws that come with that. And if they're quote unquote managing the server, what are they really doing? You know, they get it, they install it, they say open up all these ports on your router, which I'm like, ah. Right. And then you're like, okay, I hope nothing ever sneaks in. So I um so then we started looking at projects 360. And so that's that's pronounced uh P-R-O-J-X 360 and um or spelled out. And they're built um, in the cloud, and it's not as complex or integrated as iPoint, but they've only been at it for three years, and the actual user interface is remarkably better, it's faster, and it has about 95% of what you actually need. And so um, we've really started taking a look at that. We're working on getting our inventory set up, but the idea is that we'll be able to create a proposal within their software and then move that if that gets signed off on the customer can then sign off on it online and then that will automatically complete the proposal and push it into a project state we can then push a um we can that invoice that we create will automatically get pushed over to quickbooks and then that way everything matches up on the accounting side and then we can push this project into a project management state where then we can check our inventory levels within the software. Uh, if we need to put out some POs to get equipment moving in, track those POs. And it allows us to bring all that stuff together into inventory and warehouse and then have technicians clock all their time on that same application, do reporting um, and, and basically everything in one so then we can run a report and go okay how much money are we making on this job realistically how much money how how did we quote it and we're going to be able to track everything down to every rj45 we install every f connector i mean it's going to be really nice um for us at the end of the day because i'll actually know how much money we're making because Mm -hmm. i can track down to the the 20 cent connector that we're encrypting on a cable so right there's obviously some growing pains with all this, but overall, um, I'm really happy with with how it's uh, how it's going so far. And, and Doug's a really great guy to work with. He's the owner of the company. He has a um, an AV company of like 27 years, and he's a Cedia like top 10, I think, integrator. So he has some some weight behind him. And he Doug, Douglas Greenwald is yep. his name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting guy. <laughs> so. Yeah, he, uh, he has some 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 weight behind his name, and the fact that he developed this in house with a developer, and then this is in three years. He's ma- he's gotten this far in three years. It's fairly impressive to say the least. Right. So, I'm really looking forward to the future of this product. If we, I think we're en- we're going to end up going this route with it because uh, it just makes more sense. Be, and, before you do that, are you willing to take a look at SimPro to see how it stacks up against these other softwares? I I am, but I can almost guarantee I don't think it's going to meet what I'm needing to do because, yeah. for example, like this software allows us to create custom forms for our technicians to fill out as far as like how things are connected, and there's a lot of AV. Um, stuff that's been built in that you right. just aren't going to find in another software suite. So. It's more so selfishly for me because I want your opinion on it because because gotcha. from my from my perspective it it meets a lot of the needs that would have um 
that would, it would have fulfilled a lot of needs that I had when I was mm-hmm. in the field working for an integration company. Yeah. Uh, but I would like your perspective on it. I mean, yeah. it would be like a 20, 30 minute demo. I just want, I want you to be like, oh, yeah, this looks good or this looks like dog shit. <laughs> I want yeah. like the Mason boards like kind of <laughs> like running through the ringer because <laughs> yeah. I trust your opinion. Uh, That'd be awesome. And, yeah. But also th- their company, I think, has over like 600 employees. And then looking at, you know, Project X or Projects 360 and then iPoint, iPoint has mm. 16 employees according to LinkedIn and then Project X has has six uh, seven employees. Yeah. So my my concerns with that is like, are they going to be able to iterate quick enough to meet the requirements in the future and like all the information security? Are they doing proper penetration testing? You know, mm-hmm. like, are they going to get hit with a ransomware attack? You know, uh, two years down the road. Yeah. So I always look at like the company size as like a, a measuring stick whether or not they're going to be successful in the future. Yeah, and that, I mean that's that's a question that I meant to ask Doug today, but I, I didn't get around to. I kind of forgot to ask him about that security yeah. um, stuff. But yeah, I mean that was my biggest concern with iPoint is they're saying you're going to host this, and then we'll back it up for you. I'm just like, red flag. I don't I don't really <laughs> think that that's and you know you call, I called a couple other integrators that used it, and they're like, oh yeah, it's. It has its flaws, but it's pretty good, and self-hosting's fine, and you know we've we got a nice big server, and I'm just like, hey, that's not the way any of this is moving. Right. So you know it, it used to be that way, but nowadays it's it's like it looks just like a lack of keeping up with the times. Yeah, th- um, it's not going to last. I mean, don't you, don't they have to communicate with like the field service technicians? So they've yeah. built an app. Well, they use the FileMaker app that then they've developed Oof. within. So then you can. Yeah, I don't know. No. I a lot of a lot of business like niche business apps run in FileMaker apparently, but I just that's that's fine if that that's the case but i just don't think that that's the right development platform yeah when i was talking with simpro and they did a demo for me i had a few questions around proposals because i used to do the proposals and do you know like the autocad drawings and try to make it look pretty for the customer before they were even a customer and you do you go above and beyond that and i was I was referencing you. I was like, well, this guy, he's like, he puts together these proposals and they look amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, like, this would be like what it would have to look like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so I'm curious what your what your thoughts on Simpro would be. The So DTools Cloud. <clears throat> so DTools is like the Mac daddy of AV proposals. They, they've been around since the 90s. Like, yeah. They're the ones that, that really made the proposal a thing in my opinion with with AV companies. So they came out with this new cloud quoting software and it is badass. And I wish that it could be duplicated into something like Projects 360 or it could be like there could be API calls so that I could develop in DTools Cloud and then push that proposal items over. Now, right. The issue becomes is DTools Cloud wants to make a full project management suite. And so um, they don't want to integrate with projects. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting, but they, they haven't developed it yet. So it, they're kind of in this like catch 22. One of the coolest things that I liked about the DTools is that you could send your proposal via URL and then it was basically like an interactive web page your proposal was. <clears throat> so what was really cool about that is if you put optional 
um, ads or changes in there. So like you said, okay, I'm going to quote you a base sound bar that's a thousand dollars and I'm going to put in there an option to upgrade it. So it's an additional $500 to upgrade to the $1,500 one. You could, you could just click those, those changes in mm -hmm. every room that you wanted and it would automatically update the total. And then you would see that total and the photos would change in the proposal. And then you could just sign it and pay it for it right there. Yeah. And that was so slick, but you know, they said D the amount of developers D tools has working on that is insane, but right. it also integrates with ADI. Like it pulls pricing right from ADI and you just log in with your account and it pulls all that product over. Does that with snap with control four oh, with wow. Martin Harmon. Wow. And so then you can just, you can start typing in something and it's pulling your exact pricing. So you don't have to go look anywhere. And then you just plop it in and they'll have like six different photos you can pick from. And it has all the documents that you can attach within the proposal. It's, it's just, it's fan fucking tastic. Yeah. But yeah. I was like, if, if they, if you can't, if you can't work within that within a project management, then what good is that? Because, okay, great. I can create the proposal, but then I'm basically going to have to do double data entry. Double data entry. It's <laughs> such a pain in yeah. the ass. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's where SimPro closes that gap. They're a full suite and they integrate with QuickBooks on the, on the accounting side. But when you do the proposal, like everything flows all the way to the project management side and then the field. Do they have inventory? Technician. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Cause if they don't have inventory. It's dead. It's just, it's dead. There's no yeah. point. <laughs> I can't remember what, from the demo. I'm going to set up a demo with you. Okay. <laughs> I'll be, I'd be curious. Yeah. I'm very curious. I need questions like this for them. Cool. Uh, next, uh, next item. Um, we're going to move on from the project management stuff. That's some good information yeah. to think about. Uh, we're going to, we're going to wrap up with the cable tray stuff because uh, we are nearing our time together, Mason. And uh, I wanted to, because there was a question in Slack about the yeah. cable trays, how you quote it out or how you do it. Um, talk to me about this recent project that you just did. So it's, it's interesting. <clears throat> the one thing that I've, I've kind of learned and I'm, I'm no, by no means an expert in this, but when someone goes, well, how much do you charge for cable tray? You're, you're asking a question that does not have an answer. And if someone does have exactly. an answer, that's it's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong because they, you have to look at your cost. It's the same reason why Marco's price for installing a camera is going to be different than my price. We may make the same amount of money, but we may be drastically different prices because he's in a totally different market. He has totally different overhead than me. He, he, he may have a totally, he, he, just everything's different. So you cannot right. put a price on that. You have to look at how much does this cost me and how much am I wanting to make? And then you just, you have to apply that. So instead you should be asking what margin should I shoot for on this? Mm -hmm. It's a commercial job. That's the question you should be asking, not how much should I be charging? Because if we say, okay, a great example, a pet peeve of mine is people that say, well, we charge $250 per drop. No, stop. That's not the right answer. The right answer is look at what you're installing. So when you actually start looking at proper project management, you actually realize that you have to quote out every little piece and item that you feel like you're going to need and properly plan out the project from how many J hooks you're going to need to how many feet of cable to how much Velcro and label tape and all these things. You actually have to think about all of that. Stuff. You can't just, because if you just shoot in the dark and go, okay, it's going to be roughly this amount of money for it, your business will fail. 
it will fail <laughs> unless you have a customer that just doesn't care and you can overcharge to the point where you just make money so long story short the answer is you need to figure out how much margin you want that doesn't mean markup so there's a difference between markup and margin markup is the percentage over what your cost is and then the margin is the difference between your cost and how much you're selling it for. So mm -hmm. a margin of 50%, if an item costs $100 and you're charging $200 for it, you have a margin of 50%, but you have a markup of 100%. So that's a, that's a mm -hmm. big difference there. And it's been interesting because people don't seem to realize that. They go, oh, it's saying I have a 50% margin on it. But then when they do the Excel spreadsheet, they're putting a 100% in. And so that is, that's a difference between a markup and a margin. Right. So usually your margin, you would, you would want to be anywhere at a minimum of 10% and maybe like a maximum of 50%. But it really depends on your market. There's some markets where 70% is good and dandy and 10% is okay but it there's it depends you also have to look at how much your labor cost is and what your overhead is so these are all factors that you have to start to understand before you can properly quote a job because if you're just shooting in the dark which is fine to do in the beginning but you shouldn't be doing three years into your business by any means <laughs> yeah so yeah the original question was how do you price cable tray is there a rule of thumb and I think you kind of answered it. Like, <laughs> Take all your material, you put it into a spreadsheet, and then you mark it up. And then you go, how, how much labor is this going to take me to install? And then you go, okay, if I think it's going to take two weeks, just double it because it's going to take you longer. And, right. then, and then start there. And you submit <clears> that. And the thing is, is yes, there's always going to be times where you go, you know what, even though I think I need to charge $20,000, I know that my competitor is going to charge 15. And if you really want the business, you charge 14 and you win the business and you prove to the customer that you can do the best job. And then you can just slowly creep that price back up to where you need it to be to maintain your business. Because at the end of the day, if someone understands your skills and understand, and you submit a price that's more than what everyone else is, but you are kind of recognized as the top in your league, then the customer will understand if you explain to them, I have a certain amount of money that I have to make on the products and services that I sell. And I've, I've determined it's this amount of money and I can't do business for anything less than that. And that's it. That That's right. at the end of the day, you have to determine that and you have to figure out what works for you. And, right. and go from there. And of course, you can learn from other people. I mean, I had no idea that charging 150 an hour per technician was an acceptable rate. But I go see Josh do that all the time. So clearly, it's something that's acceptable in some markets. But if right. I go do that here, I would get shot. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but he, his market is able to bear that whereas my market may only bear 65 to 75 an hour per per tech for for cable pulling, but for programming, we'll bear 150 all day. So, but like Josh will go and charge 250 an hour. My market doesn't really bear that, at least right. for my business. Right. So, do you ever catch your, or do you ever do projects like go way below what you normally would do just so you get the experience and like kind of put it on your resume or your portfolio? Yeah. Is that kind of one of your? Yeah. I mean, all the time. If you, a great tactic is to come in is to come in below what you think everyone else would be. So even if it's something that, you know, you can knock out of the park. So let's say it's a, 
you know, perfect example is you'll go and you'll spend $4,000 on some business expense, right? You'll go and you'll spend this money. You'll go, okay, that was great investment. But what if when you quoted out a project for maybe a new customer, a customer with a lot of business potential that you did that at cost or like close to it, not it's to, to almost like get, make sure you get your foot in the door and then you'd slowly turn the heat up as you continue to win business with them to get you back up to where you need to be. Because then that allows you to get your foot in the door. It's almost like a marketing thing that you're spending, you're spending money on marketing to this customer that you can do a good job. Right. So you're maybe breaking even on the job, but you're investing into that customer in a roundabout way. So then that way you get your foot in the door and then you just slowly turn, turn the dial back up, so to speak, to where you need to be. Now that is one way to do it when you're starting out. And then once you've developed a name for yourself, then you can almost walk in and just name your price and say, this is where I'm at. And and people will have almost inherently more respect for that if they know you from other places. But if no one knows you, then you have to go in at such a low factor that like, like when I look back at my quotes, I did an eight camera system quote for a manufacturing facility that took me a week for $4,000. For four, I mean, four thousand dollars. That like my cost on just the cameras and all the equipment was three thousand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and it was a unified camera system. So, you know, sometimes you have to you you don't know what you don't know, and it, that's fine. That's how you learn, and that's how you you get better at it. But when you don't, when you go, well, how much should I quote that? You put your material in a list. You put your labor in a list. You mark it up, and you send it to the customer. Right. That's all yeah. there is to it. Just make sure you take good pictures of, of the yeah. final product and put yeah. it on LinkedIn, your website and Twitter and all that. So the custom, yep. the next customer can see it. Yeah, exactly. That's and the then it feels good when the customer texts you and says, wow, you guys are doing like a really nice job in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep like, do you guys like keep your shirts tucked in or kind of present well? Or, do you, or yep. do you, are you guys a bunch of like stinky like roughnecks? Or like, do no, you, no, no, do you no, enforce like, hey man, you got to clean your truck out and you got to yeah. tuck your shirt in at least Fridays. like when you get there. Yep, Fridays are Fridays are clean the truck out. But I would say we have one of the most organized clean vehicles on the job we site. Gotta, we got to do a mini mini episode on that, like a show yeah. and tell. I love yeah. the show and tell episodes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. We yeah. spent a lot of time on the van, but we're working on the warehouse really hard right now. I mean, we're we're like we're going through it and reorganizing and putting together a whole labeling system as far as like aisles and shelves yeah. and bins and you so barcoding. You're barcoding stuff. Everything's too. getting a barcode. Everything's yes, getting a barcode. That's awesome. There's policies that we're working on writing as far as like when we're going to do color coding on conduit cutoffs and cable boxes so that you can look at a box and know roughly a range of how much cables in it. And then it'll get organized in the warehouse. And yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. It's that 95, five rule when you do 90, 90% of businesses do 95% right. It's the 1% that do the other five that do a hundred percent. Right. That is the difference between good and great. And we, we really are trying to do that 5%, but it's damn hard. Yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah. Oh man. That gets me excited. Yes, sir. Uh, so to wrap up the cable tray stuff, um, any any particular anything like any gotchas on this or any like words of wisdom around like what you accomplished here? Really 
plan it out and be a, and have a really good understanding of how you're going to mount it. So like one thing that we decided to do was trap eases to mount the, the cable tree. And so it's two pieces of all thread that hang vertically down with a piece of, of unistrut below it that's bolted in. <clears throat> now it's attached to what's called a purlin um, above it. Now there's two purlins and one is at one height and the other one's is slightly above it. So it's at an angle because it's attached to the roof line. So one thing we had to solve in all that was how to get everything to sit level. So there's another piece of strut above the cable tray that spans both purlins that's level that then the whole trapeze is attached to with another piece of with unistrut. And then so that was expensive, but that all had to be planned out ahead of time. So the other thing is you have to look at stability of the tray. So if you're hanging it all from all thread, it's just going to be a big swing set and you get a lot of cable on there. You, if it starts moving, you get a lot of momentum. So you have to look at, okay, how are we going to secure this? How are we going to attach it? You need to call the manufacturer and look at how much load you need. I think Chuck did a great video on you need to support every five foot with cable tray at a minimum. It's two to five feet um, spacing on that. But I think cable fill allows you to go up to six feet. Um, but you need to look at how much cable you're going to have on that tray. How um, Because your, your uh, pounds per square foot is going to matter. You can get all the way up to, I think, like 100 plus pounds per square foot that it can withstand if you have enough supports or it'll drop all the way down to 55 pounds so a box of cat six cable like a thousand foot box is roughly 40 pounds i think Mm -hmm. so i mean just think about that that's 40 a box is pretty heavy if you have that every foot which is about the width of a box um you you can get a lot of weight on a cable tray so just really think about that and how you're going to lay it out and then the next thing is where all this comes together you're going to have service loops so you need to make sure you have a bigger piece of tray where your rack is going to go so you can have your service loops on the cable tray. So for us, we did one foot cable tray for the kind of the main drag area. And then when it got to the, the IDF location, it went up to a two foot tray so we could have service loops um, that weren't in the pathway of the cable. And then it would flow down into the conduits. So we'll be posting more, more pictures on LinkedIn as we as we finish this up, but it's, it's a, it's a handful of miles of cable that we've been pulling on this tray. It's uh it's taken them. Uh, we had one guy combing and Velcroing for six days, all the cable. So. As I was typing in BIT Inc on LinkedIn, you said yeah. you'll post more on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I'm looking at it right now. It looks like you already posted some good pictures. So that's a good place for people to see your work. Yeah. I, would you say that's more up to date than your website? Yes, very much so. Yeah, it, that's just how it goes because WordPress yeah. and Squarespace and Wix are a pain in the ass to update, and yep. social media you get more engagement, and it's a better place to put your shit. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're working on that. That's after we get all the inventory and the project management figured out, then we're gonna yeah. go back to the website. So, who cares about the website? I've just kind of like chalked it up as a whatever. Yeah, social media is better, in my opinion. Yeah, I would like a nicer landing page. It looks a little outdated. We had, the thing is, we have a lot of residential customers that look at it and go, "So you do home automation, but it's not on your website?" Like, yeah, it's a little old. <laughs> See, yeah, that's the thing. People still go to websites. Yeah, I keep on forgetting that they want to. They want to research you. If you're going to be in their house, they want to research you. So as they should, as they should. Yeah, 
but you can just lie on the internet. I mean, like, don't yeah. believe everything. Like, talk to talk to other people. And I think social media can paint a little bit better picture because you can kind of drill into like more specific things. Blake's life. You can, yeah. You can look at that. I I keep everything wide open because I want yeah, people to, wide. To, a little too. I wide want sometimes. people. I want people to know who I really am. We got that when you went to Vegas the first time. The first time. Second time was kind of just chill. Yeah, um, yeah, it's more relaxed. Yeah, it's like putting on a suit, like polishing a turd. You know, it's just like people have their LinkedIn profiles, and it's just like, I don't know, man. I wish this more is, people were on it because I know you were getting on me like you're on LinkedIn, got to get on LinkedIn. I was like, I don't get it. Now I get it. It's it's. You wish more people were on it. There's tons of people on it. What are you talking? Well, I about? wish there was more engagement because like. So I reach out to people, but it seems like people make LinkedIn as like, this is my resume. And then they just never get on it again. Right. There's it's that. It's a little disappointing. Cause it's it's good because cool. it, um, it allows people like you and I, they understand the benefit to yeah. really leverage it and rise above mm-hmm. getting in front of people. It's awesome. Cool, man. Cool. Um, what's on the horizon for you, Mason? Next two cool. weeks. Project management, project management. Did, project I, did management. I mention project management? Because yeah. I'm kind of working on project management. And then it ties into like your organization of like your warehouse and like just yep. get just like really tightening things up is what you're yeah. doing. I it's presume so we're going to be working on this for the next six to eight months to get a really good, well-oiled machine done. So I always but give it, things like this a year. I just say a year to be yeah. really thriving with a new system. Like yeah. to implement implementation takes about six months. It's like mm-hmm. pretty common for like enterprise software, healthcare mm-hmm. software. Um, so, and then like thriving with it, like six months after that, you're like, boom, now we really know how to use it. Yeah. Software is a magical thing. It's something that I didn't appreciate enough until I really started to understand what the hell I was doing in business. I still don't understand, but I understand yeah. better now, and wow, it is just incredible how much software makes a difference. So. That's why I want your opinion on SimPro because I want yeah. to be able to recommend people like you, like good mm-hmm. software, because I've never had that before in this industry. I can recommend electronic health records because that's kind of my like <laughs> what I used yeah. to do, but yeah. I've never found good software that that focuses on like the service technician. Like I want the technician to have like what they need to get the job yeah. done and not get in the way of their job. I think it'd be interesting once I get further into it, if we decide that we actually really like it, is to have Doug on the podcast because Doug, Doug likes to talk. So I think I think that'd be an interesting one. If so I, I end up sit, really I can sit it. back and chill. Yeah, <laughs> Doug can yeah. talk. Yeah, Doug can talk. So we got to get Brian on from, from Phoenix, and then we got to get Doug on Brian maybe. Matthews, yep, Brian Doug, Matthews. And then Doug Greenwald. And then yeah. – we talked about you mentioned Chuck real quick. Chuck loves to get on the podcast. Yeah. So maybe I think that might be a cool. You guys can kind of talk shop on the uh, the structured cabling side. Yeah, that'd be, be awesome. Dope. I love Chuck. Cool man. Well, it's good talking to you, Mason. I have to go. Like I'm late, so I gotta yeah. go. I think you're an hour late, actually, to be specific. <laughs> no, I'm. I'll be six. I'll be late when I get there. But I have six minutes to get across town. Pack up all my shit and go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take, take some photos, baby. <laughs> You'll see it on Instagram. Yep, I'll see it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Right. See you, Mike. Bye.